Let's open our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter number 3. Luke chapter number 3, as we continue our study in the book of Luke this morning, once again coming to a passage um, that a lot of times probably would have skipped over, but we're going to stop this morning, just look at it, a couple things we can take away um, from it this morning. Let's pray together, and we're going to jump right in. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you, and Lord, we do desire your presence, and Lord, we thank you for your presence. And Lord, I do pray this morning as we preach and teach your word, God, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us like only you can. God, I pray that you would grow us closer to you, Father. I pray that your word, Lord, would uh, fall on good ground of our heart this morning. Lord, I pray that we would take something, Lord, and we would allow it, Lord, to, to work in our lives. Lord, something that maybe we hear today, Lord, I pray that you would just work once again, God, like only you can. Your precious and your holy name we pray. Amen. Here at the end of Luke chapter number three, we find uh, Jesus. It says he is 30 years old here. And notice what it says here, if you would, in verse number 23. I want you to just look at this. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. Then for the next uh, rest of this passage, through the rest of this chapter, it gives the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now you'll find the genealogy of Christ two different times in the Gospels, really three different times. One you'll find in Matthew chapter number 1, which we studied that before. Here in Luke chapter number 3, and then really John chapter number 1, his, his genealogy is, is being God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Listen and Jesus being God in the flesh. But Matthew chapter number 1 and Luke chapter number 3, if you were to compare these two passages, you're going to see some differences in the genealogies. They're different in these two passages. Matthew was penned um, his gospel in order to demonstrate that Jesus of Nazareth was indeed the long-awaited Messiah. He was, it was written really to the Jews, man, saying, this is Jesus, this is God. This is the one that we've been waiting for. Luke here is written to that Greek audience. His concern was to show that Jesus was the Son of Man and really to show His humanity. And we understand that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. If you compare these genealogies, you're going to notice one major difference between Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter number 3 is this. Matthew chapter 1 uh, mentions some women in it. Luke chapter number 3 doesn't w mention any women at all. All. A key phrase here is in verse number 23. It says, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. Some would say this. The reason that they're different is this. The best explanation for this to, is to see that Luke followed Mary's line, Jesus' actual lineage, while Matthew followed Joseph's line, his legal lineage by adoption. Jesus' deity, God in the flesh. Jesus, man, listen, he was a man, and this is important. We must understand that he had a genealogy. He was a real person. Listen, he had a family just like each one of us has. Now, if you were to look at your family tree and you were to look at your genealogy, it's very intriguing. And I know, I can't remember what it's called, but you can go online. You can sign up to have a, a test sent to you, and you can do a DNA test. And, man, they can trace your lineage and your family tree. It's a really cool thing. Uh, my stepfather, before he died, one of the things that someone got him was, was, was that... Uh, what, 
was a, was a present of that, and they were able to trace um, his family tree all the way back. Now, I look at my family tree and look at where I came from. How many of y'all have some messed up stuff in your family? Is anybody else like mine? Like, my family... Man, there's some, there's some addiction. If you were to go back into my family, there's some addiction. There's some people that wouldn't have maybe the, the past that we would like to be proud of necessarily. And then you may trace your family tree back. Jesus is that way. And we're going to look at a couple people out of Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter number 3. Three people I want to look at quickly in Jesus' family that I, I think it's important for us to notice this and we can apply this um, in our lives here this morning. If you study the account in chapter, Matthew chapter number 1 or Luke chapter number 3, the first person that I see that's just amazing that we think of is a man named David. Man, there's a man in Jesus' family named David. And we know that David, all the way back in 2 Samuel chapter number 11, David, a man after God's own heart. We saw him a lot as we studied 1 Samuel. David was that one that his brothers kind of uh, mocked. As you all remember the story, as he went to take that cheese to them as they're at battle, and there's that guy Goliath, and they, man, he was just a shepherd boy, and man, he, he was this one that although God had great plans for him, everybody else didn't see the great plans that God had for him. And he, he becomes anointed king. Man, he's a man after God's own heart. But we know the story in 2 Samuel chapter number 11, David made some major mistakes, didn't he? Y'all remember the story? He's out, he, uh, there's a battle going on. He's walking across that roof, and he sees a woman named Bathsheba. Bathsheba is the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And David doesn't only see her bathing there. The word that's used for see there, he's, he literally gazed. He took that second look. He ends up calling for Bathsheba. And him being the king, um, you know, he, he's going to get what he wants. And he calls for Bathsheba and she comes. And they end up committing adultery. And, man, she ends up becoming pregnant. So now David's got this. And, by the way, this is a man after God's own heart. David's got this problem now. Uriah's away at battle. Bathsheba's pregnant. There's going to be some explaining to do. So what does David do? David calls for Uriah to come home from battle. And he has him over for supper and ends up trying to get him drunk. But he's a, Uriah's a man of honor and he knows there's a war going on. So what does he do? He ends up sleeping at the door of his king. David's got a problem. Man, he's got Bathsheba pregnant. And so what does he end up doing? He ends up sending Uriah to the front lines of battle, ends up having him killed. Man, what a messed up story. What a terrible sin that David ran into and he committed here. Yet, man, and, and the consequences were terrible. Man, he ends up having one of his friends killed. Would y'all say that's pretty, man, that's pretty deceitful. Man, there's some major stuff going on here. But here's the thing. Aren't you thankful that God still ends up using David? Are y'all are hearing me this morning? Fornicator, a murderer, man, one that was deceiver. And, and, and man, so, so there's this guy named David. And isn't it interesting that as Jesus is taking, and, and, and he, as God is inspiring Matthew and as, as God's inspiring Luke, he doesn't try to hide these, this family member that's done some stupid stuff. Even in our scriptures, man, God includes the book of Psalms here, the longest book in the Bible, 150 chapters by a man that was an adulterer, a fornicator, a liar, had his friend murdered. Hmm. It's amazing to think about. 
So we have this first one, David here. Now the second one I want you to notice that is in Jesus' genealogy. And stay with me this morning. I promise we're going somewhere with this. But there's a reason these genealogies are here. And sometimes we need to stop and pause. We're only going to look at three of the people here. The first one's David, who, man, he had some messed He was messed up. This, and, and I'm thankful that he repented when Nathan came to him. And he got right. He didn't let his sin define who he was. Man, when someone confronted him, man, he repented and he forgave himself and he forgave others and he moved forward. The second one that's in Jesus' genealogy, and this is amazing. There's another one. And, and it, her name is Tamar. Her name is Tamar. If you were to go study Genesis chapter number 38, you'll find this about Tamar. Listen, she ends up, and I won't go through the whole story this morning, but she's referred to as a harlot multiple times in Scripture. She ends up, after not being able to have children, her husband had died, okay? She would have been promised to her husband's brother just the way that things worked. Aren't you thankful things don't work like that now? Like I have some in-laws, and it's like, "Uh uh-uh, somebody help me this morning, right? But in the Bible, in those times in history, things were a lot different. Her husband dies, and, man, she was supposed to be with her husband's brother, but that doesn't happen. Judah kind of, y'all know the story. So she ends up finding out that he's traveling to town. She sits on the street corner, and she takes off her mourning clothes, the Bible says. that She was in those, that sackcloth and that ashes and those clothes of mourning, and she dresses up like a prostitute, and she catches Judah's, her father-in-law's eye on the way into town. He ends up playing with her. Y'all remember the story? It's messed up, man. Messed up stuff. And although God, I don't believe, ever restored her like he did David or used her, here's the point. When even in that great sin and who she was, her name is still mentioned. It's not something that was hidden. God, In God's sovereign plan, in Genesis chapter number 38 and Matthew chapter number 1, Tamar is mentioned. So you have David, man, jacked up. Got Tamar, a prostitute, man. And God doesn't try to hide. And you got a third one I can think of. And there's more than this. We could go to Solomon. Man, he was really, Solomon in that line, he had all those concubines, he had all that stuff going on. By the way, he still wrote scripture. There's another one that I think of, and we, if you were here with us last Sunday night, we learned a little bit about her, Rahab. If you were to look at the name Rahab, what automatically pops in your mind? Rahab the what? Help me out. The harlot. If you were to look in the Old Testament, she's known as a harlot. Joshua chapter number 3, saw it last Sunday night. If you were to look in Matthew uh, chapter number 1, she's mentioned. If you were to go to that great faith chapter, Hebrews chapter number 11, guess who's mentioned? Rahab the harlot. By the way, aren't you thankful God doesn't just use perfect people? By the way, I... <laughs> I found this. He doesn't. He listen. Most of the time, the people that he ends up using are the most likely not to succeed. If you go back, any of y'all have yearbooks back in the day when they used to have those things? Y'all remember those? And like, man, you know, you'd sign those things. I remember one of the things they did in our senior class, and I had a small senior class. I went to a Christian school, and they had they do these votes like most likely, you know, to be successful or to succeed, you know, prettiest. You know, best-looking guy. Of course, y'all know which one I got for sure, senior year. Um, you know, you go, you go through those things in the yearbook. If you were to go back, and I'm just telling you many times, if you go back and look at those yearbooks, those that were voted most likely to succeed, they've done nothing. I'm not saying all the time, but a lot of times. Many times, those that were the prettiest when they're, you know, when they're young, as they get older, things change. Somebody helped me this morning. 
Man, I remember running into somebody that you may have known when you were a teenager or your early 20s, and as you get in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, you run into them again. They don't look like they once did. Those that are most likely to succeed many times aren't. Those that are most likely to whatever many times. And it's interesting how time and how life changes things over the years. And here's the thing. Many times if you study Scripture, the people that God ends up using in the greatest way, here it is. It's not perfect people. It's not people that always looked like they had the part and looked like they had it all together. That looked, Listen, we could go all the way back and start in the first, cha- first, first book of the Bible and we could learn about some people like Moses. Moses who wrote the first five books of the Bible. Moses who God used to lead the children of Israel. Listen, Moses and Abraham and listen, all these people that God used, every single one of them had some junk in their lives. We all have to come to a point where we don't allow our past and our failures to determine our future. Because every one of us have them. Every single one of us. Listen, now let me just say this, and we're going to get into this this morning. I want to talk to you about this a little bit. I want to talk to you this morning. I hope we can, we can just help each other this morning a little bit. We now if you notice, David, for God to use him, what did David have to do? He had to repent. When Nathan called him out and said, Thou art the man, he had to repent. He had to turn. Man, he, had to, he couldn't live in his past. Okay, He couldn't stay in his sin. He had to go through a process in order to come out of where he was. And each one of us this morning, no matter what our past may be, you may be here this morning, you may be like David and you've messed up in your past. There's a lot of us like that. You may be Tamar this morning. You have some, and all, by the way, all three of these had some sexual sin in their life. Every single one of them. I'm not making extreme statements. That's what the stories are this morning. All, and listen, this is what's amazing to me. God included all three in his family tree in his genealogy. Two of them to be used in a great way. Now listen to me. Sin has earthly consequences. How many of y'all figured that out? However, when there is a repentant heart, a turning from, an embracing of God's grace, this is what's awesome about the gospel and about Jesus, he can take a mistake and he can, make, he can take brokenness, and here's the message this morning, and he can make it beautiful. I want to ask you this question this morning. Have you ever asked these questions yourself? Maybe you've asked yourself this. I've been there before. Thinking about my past. Maybe you have. Asked a question like this. Can God use me? You ever ask that? How about this one? I've got asked this one by a lot of people. Preacher, do I have a purpose? What if I have messed up in my past? Am I good enough? Am I too old, maybe, for God to turn my life around? Man, I've been asked this one. Is life even worth living? Some fundamental things this morning I want us to understand if we're going to be able to take our past, take our brokenness, listen, and make it beautiful out to be beautiful. Because isn't David's story one of, yeah, great failure, but great finality in the fact that he repented. God still used him in a great way. It's amazing. It's awesome. His greatest, listen, his greatest victory, I believe, wasn't all that stuff with the Philistines, wasn't the lion and the bear, wasn't any of that. His greatest victory is when Nathan confronted him that he repented and he got right towards God. He didn't allow his past to define him. And I don't know what you've been through in your life. If we were to go around this morning, start with Coleman, and we went all through all these seats this morning, and each one of us just told 
maybe a testimony, some things we've been through. And I had some things in my life in the past that I would be ashamed of. I told, 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 I've told you all this before. Thank God they didn't have camera phones when we were kids. Somebody help me. I probably wouldn't be standing here right now, okay? We're hard on our kids. If you would have had those, you probably would have too, okay? But we all have some things we're not proud of. I mean, we all have some things when we lay our heads on our pillow at night, if I had to guess, begin to replay in our mind. And then questions come up like this, can God use me? Am I good enough? Is, is there a purpose for me? Is life worth living? Something to note, first of all, is Jesus here starting his ministry. He's not even 30. He, he's 30 years old before he ever starts it. Interesting to think about. But maybe you are here and you've asked those questions. There's three things that I think all of us this morning have to realize if we want to see God use us and we want to see God maybe restore us and we want to see God maybe redeem us, some fundamental things we must understand. I think sometimes we forget these. Very simple this morning. The first thing is this. Remember God created you. Remember this morning that God created you. Listen to me, church. You were created in the image of God. And I want you to listen to me. You are not a mistake. He created you to be you. You have, listen to me, you have a unique DNA this morning. Do you know just like, and I mean, a lot of times at funerals, I'll share this passage I'm about to share with you. But just like there's no two snowflakes alike, no two grains of sand alike. Listen, do you know there's no two of you? You are you, and God created you. Let me read this out of Psalm 139, and I don't think we have this one, but let me read it to you. Psalmist is writing, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Listen to these words, I love these words. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from me when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in, all, in, in thy book all my members were written, which is continuance, were fashioned, when yet there was none of them. How precious also are the thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the son of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. God created you. And you are, listen, you were made in his image this morning. And I think sometimes we forget that we were image bearers and we didn't just happen by accident. See, we forget that in life. Oh, we just happened by accident. You are not an accident this morning. You were created divinely by God. You are one of a kind. You were created. He wanted to create you. There are no mistakes when it comes to God. It's the first thing we have to establish. He is, listen, He is the source of your life this morning. Created you. Hey, David, even when you're sitting there in that despair and in that sin, listen, when you just had your friend killed and I'm you're alone and I don't know how David tried to self-medicate mentally whether it was through some substance at that time I don't know what he was going through I know this he was a real person that carried some heavy stuff and God still called him a man after his own heart and I wonder if David had to come to a point where he realized God created me I wonder after all that if he was sitting there as the prophet Elijah said under that juniper tree 
Say, God, I don't even want to live anymore. Take my life. Then that moment maybe came through his head that said, God created you and God created you. Listen, you're not a mistake. You are fearfully and wonderfully made this morning. You may be here this morning, and I just want to tell you this. I know we're in a church setting, but I know I've been around this long enough to know there's people sitting here this morning that think you have no purpose, you have no worth, you have no reason to live. Can I just remind you, you were created by God. Listen, you are, you are his masterpiece. You are his design. He made you short and fat, embracing the fact that you're short and fat. If you're like me, I remember when I was in high school, you ever remember uh, the Andy Griffiths where Barney wanted to be taller? Wanted to be stretched? That was me growing up. I wanted, always wanted to be taller, you know? And I always, I, there was just things about me that I didn't like. Can I just be honest with you? I know you probably never had those thoughts growing up. I did. I mean, there was things I didn't like about myself. And I remember just, I would even let that bother me, man, as I was growing up. I wasn't tall enough. It's always the shortest. You know, always the shortest in my class. That bothers you as a teenager. You know what I found as we become adults and as we grow, sometimes there's things that still bother us like that. I wish I was prettier. I wish I had more of this. I wish I looked like this. I wish I could do. Listen, God made you exactly the way that he wanted you. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make trash this morning. You are important. You are special. You are his image bearer this morning. That's awesome to think of. If you're ugly, that's how God made you. Bless your heart. Can I get a witness, Jay? If you're bald-headed this morning, amen? Listen, that's the whole point that we've got to understand. Sometimes we just forget that. Oh, I don't want to, can God use me? Do I have this? Do I have that? Listen, God created you. Listen, he created you. Second thing I want you to remind me, so number one, he created you. Secondly, think about this, he created you for a purpose. God created you. And you, and you, and you, and you this morning. He didn't just randomly create you to be a number, another number on this earth. He created you. Just like he created David, and just like he created Tamar, and just like he created Rahab. Listen, he created you this morning for a purpose. One man said this when it comes to purpose. The man without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder. No purpose, you just go through life with no direction. Let me just say this this morning, your purpose is not to live for yourself. Listen, your purpose, David, Rahab, and Tamar, is not to live in your past. Every one of us is finding our identity or our purpose or our drive from something. Start to think about this. What are some things that drive us? What are some things we find our purpose in if we're not careful? The first one that I wrote down that I've seen in my life in the past, many of us are driven by guilt. Messed up in the past or even in the present. You may be sitting in here this morning and you're a David and you've been through some stuff and you've done some dumb stuff. You may have failed miserably. If you're not careful, you allow that guilt, you allow that past to define you. Some of us this morning, can I just say, if this is you and you're living in that mistake, yes, there's consequences to it. Can't, you can't get past the consequences. But listen, we have to come to a... I, I talk to so many people, and here's where they're at. They've made a major mistake, but they've still never come to a point of brokenness. David didn't blame Bathsheba that morning. David didn't blame his position this morning. He came to a place of brokenness, and he didn't stay there. He came to a place of repentance. you got to want to turn from your past and say, you know what? I don't have to live like this. 
Some of us are living in a place that we shouldn't be living, and we don't have to live there this morning. So a place of brokenness, a place of repentance, a place of forgiveness. Some of us have to get to a place where we confess, and we're honest with God. And then here's one that's so important. Y'all listen to me this morning. This is the one that I see haunt so many people. We can ask God for forgiveness, and he'll forgive us. Many people in the place of David, in the place of Rahab, and the place of Tamar can't forgive themselves. Every day we're living in the guilt. It's what's defining us. It's who we are. We can't sleep about without thinking of it. I love the 32nd Psalm. It says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Y'all, listen, Church, listen to me this morning. Stop paying for sin that he already paid for. You know how big God is? He's big enough to take that sin and throw it in the depth of the sea if we repent and we confess and we turn from it this morning. Stop living in the guilt of your past. There's some that are driven by anger or resentment this morning. That's their purpose. Meet people like that all the time. Can I just say this this morning? We need to forgive others. That bitterness, you may not think it's your purpose, but it's become your purpose because that's what consumes you. That's what makes your decisions. Colin's dad said this. It's one of, he's one of my dearest friends, one of my favorite preachers. He said this, either you deal with your bitterness or your bitterness is going to deal with you. You either deal with your bitterness or your bitterness is going to deal with you. Your purpose this morning isn't to be driven by guilt. It's not to be driven by anger or resentment. It's not to be driven by fear this morning. We live in a world full of fear. What's going to happen? I mean, we live in a, a, a world full of worry. We got like Chinese balloons flying over the country, freaking out. <laughs> Bob was freaking out. He was out there with his shotgun last night. See? We live in fear. If you're like me, I start fearing what our country's becoming. Like in my mind, and my heart, if I'm not careful, that's what consumes me if I'm not careful. I mean, the financial, you don't know this yet because it hasn't hit us as hard, but that recession that's here and coming, we can be fearful about that and worry about it. I mean, we, we, we can, here's the point. Some of us are allowed, we can allow those things to define us if we're not careful. Our past mistakes, listen, our, our, our fear, our how about this one? Some of us, our purpose we find in materialism. More things, more stuff, more money. Materialism. Man, we can be driven by that. We can find our purpose in that. How about this one? Many, and this is one I can fall into sometimes, our need for approval. Man's approval can drive us. can be our purpose this morning. We all must understand our true identity and purpose, listen, is none of those things. Yet, as, the Christians, as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus, many of us live our lives every day, and those are the things that drive us. Let's just think about this. What is driving you this morning? Is it guilt? Is it anger and resentment? Is it fear? Is it materialism? Is it the need for approval? Here's the thing we've got to understand this morning. The purpose of our life, it's all the same. We all have the same purpose here this morning. You understand that? We all have the same purpose purpose, the purpose of our lives, the purpose of our trials, the purpose of our pain, the purpose of our problem, simply this, it's the glory of God. It's for God to receive glory in our lives. Isn't it awesome that all these years later, when we turn, that's number three, guys, you can put it up there. Isn't it awesome that as we turn to Matthew chapter number one and Luke chapter number three, guess who we see? We see, of course, his story, the Lord's. But guess who's mentioned, who's written there all these years later, thousands of years later? Tamar, Rahab, 
David. Man, they were some way God is able to receive glory through their story. And can I just ask you this morning, I, we could go around, like I said earlier, we could go around and ask testimonies this morning. There's major marital failure in this room. Man, there's bitterness, man, we've been struggling with. I've told you before, I've struggled with it. Man, there's pride that some of us struggle with. There's all these things. David's failure, listen, he could have lived there, but he got called out. He got to a place of brokenness and repentance. And when we get to a place of brokenness and repentance, guess what will happen? God can still use us. I wonder who it is this morning that just needs to come to that place today. Say, you know what? I'm tired of living in the past. I want to, man, I want to redeem my life. I want God to redeem my life for his story. Think about this. One of the greatest tragedies this side of heaven is not failure, disappointment, or death, but a wasted life. Wasted in the pit of self-pity. Wasted in the chains of unforgiveness or unforgiveness of self or others. Listen, our purpose is this, is allowing God to take what is broken in our lives and making it beautiful for His glory. You know, many times we're ashamed of the brokenness in our lives, aren't we? We're ashamed of the failure. Unfortunately, that's what organized religion does so often. It takes that shame, and we sing it. There's a place where shame is powerless and all that, but sometimes that's just not real to us. When we repent and when we ask, here's the problem. Many of us, we want to continue in sin that grace should abound. That's what we're talking about here this morning. We're talking about turning from it and embracing God's grace for His glory. Let me just say this this morning. You don't have to live like this. As graciously as I can. If it's self-inflicted this morning, if your life is miserable this morning and it's self-inflicted, listen, stop and take that first step and just ask for forgiveness repent. Some of our problem is we've never repented. We've never been to a place of brokenness. And then I would say this, if it's self-inflicted, forgive yourself this morning. Maybe it's others inflicted. I would say this, extend forgiveness. One of the hardest things to do on this earth is to forgive people that have hurt you. Set this past Thursday in a coffee shop down in Flower Mound, Texas, with Pastor Stewart, one of my childhood friends I grew up with, who ended up, he would tell you, he's been here before and shared this, ended up a meth addict on the streets. Grew up in middle America, grew up in a preacher's home. Little did most know that as he was going through a Christian school, that he was being sexually abused by someone in that school, by an older student. I sat there and I've sat, we've had this conversation so many times. And it's amazing when you see a person, because you see, we, there's things that for us, somebody just wrongs us a little bit, we can't forgive them. I watched him and watched him over these past years and after major addiction, after losing his family, after losing his church, after going through major stuff, he's, he's, he's looked me in the eye so many times and he said, Jake, I've learned to forgive him. Because I know if I don't, it doesn't hurt him. It hurts me. He goes, I had to forgive myself for the addiction. Because instead of turning to God, which I knew about my whole life and I heard preached, man, I turned to some way that I thought would escape. Right now, after going through all that, he's two years older than me. Him and his wife have been restored. Serving in a local church. He'll be on the security team this morning. Son loves Jesus. 
His daughter's at Pensacola right now. Just had another sweet little baby. I've watched him, and Sarah and I have watched him. I've got those phone calls. Listen, I got those phone calls at 2 in the morning from his 10-year-old son saying we don't. I, I was, I've been there answering. You, you've been there with me as we wept on the phone with his wife as we flew their family here, and we sat around, uh, sat around the table at our house when they didn't know where their daddy was. Went through all that, and I was able to sit with him and hug him, pray with him and rejoice. Because when a person, y'all listen to me this morning, when a person repents, when a person embraces the grace and love of Jesus, when a person, here it is, forgives himself, it's amazing how God can take that brokenness and he can make it beautiful. That's all I want to say to you this morning. Maybe you're not a David. Maybe you're not a Rahab. Maybe you're not a Tamar. But maybe you've got some stuff going on in your life that you just need to give to him this morning. Man, listen, our purpose in this life, don't miss this, is preparation for the next. And God, man, I want God to include me, don't you? Just like he included David and Tamar and Rahab. And we could go on, Jacob, the deceiver, Abraham, the liar, King Solomon, all the corrupt kings that he mentions. Listen, your story this morning can be used for His glory. You've got to embrace His forgiveness this morning. You've got to repent from your sin. You've got to forgive yourself. God can take, y'all listen to me, church. God can take your brokenness and He can make it beautiful. Let's stand on our feet as Matt sings this morning.